Now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. It's Puckle! Puckle! It's Puckle! Puckle! Pokemon Underground Champions League, oh yeah. Puckle! Welcome to the 535th episode of the Buckle Podcast. I am your emergency host, the fluffiest whimsicott, here today with my amazing, wonderful, marvelous co-hosts, Seth Vilo. Hello, I am not the emergency one. And Linian. Hi, I am even more emergency. <laughs> you are indeed. So to make a long story short, Thatch has a dog, dogs like to chew cables, Thatch has no internet. Yep. So <laughs> it died mid recording of this mid-recording. podcast. Mid recording. So the heavens were conspiring to not have Seth win the trivia sections. Yeah. We're going to see if we can make that happen, but it might not. <laughs> Who knows at this point? <laughs> I can sandbag, it's fine. Oh, Thanks. wow. <laughs> How cooperative <laughs> of you. This wonderful <laughs> friendship is so heartwarming to see. But anyway, Sorry, listeners, for all that. Welcome to the Puckle Podcast, the show where we talk about literally everything Pokemon, but mainly the video game, because that's what we all like. We've been doing this for a terribly long amount of time. Thatch is usually the one doing it, but again, no internet, so you guys are going to have to make do for this week. Sorry about that. As is our custom around these parts, I will ask my delightful co-hosts, What have you guys been up to lately? Well, my week has been rather interesting uh, Mm because I've been on vacation this week and I was going to be playing the crap out of Skyrim VR just all week because I had nothing better to do until Sunday when my computer decided, you know what, this hard drive I have doesn't need to work. And it just completely melted the hard drive, essentially, and I had nothing. So, yay! (laughs) I've been working on that all week. So the universe was really conspiring against you winning Uh trivia, is what you're telling us. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) My my brother and I tried everything to get into the darn thing, and nothing. So I've got a brand new hard drive, so I'm coming to you live from a quote-unquote new computer, folks. So, (laughs) woo! (laughs) That's been my week, is trying to fix that, as well as... I, in two weeks now, officially get to visit Linian here because I'm signed up for going to have my plane ticket and hotel booked for the Salt Lake City Regionals for Trading Card Game. Awesome. I'm really excited. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm still trying to decide what deck I want to play. I think I've narrowed it down to my weird Mew plus Leafeon list or Duraludon, but we'll, we'll find out. Well... The Mew plus Leafune does sound a lot cuter. I have no idea what the cards do, but it does sound a lot cuter. I'm just going to say that. Uh-huh. It's probably what I'm going with. I have way more experience with it. <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch you just be adamant with Mew. It'll be, it'll be good. Yep. Show up in the full outfit. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me just get oh, that off man. Etsy real fast. I wish. I wish. <laughs> if you do, take pictures. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Linian? I have been enjoying the new updates to Legends Arceus as well as just kind of enjoying my uh, post-game time. I got the shiny charm in it. 
Yeah. And so I've been periodically loading it back up and going through. I have mostly accidentally slowly started replacing my story team with just shiny versions of it. Yeah. I only intentionally hunted one, and now I can't intentionally hunt any of them because of how the bugs... The, the, not the bug, the uh, exploit was fixed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I've I found a Sneasler. I found a uh, Scyther that I evolved. Mm. Last night, I found a Dartrix in uh, one of the outbreaks, Ooh. and it was blue. Ooh. And so I got I got my normal colored Decidueye. Normal. Color. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually wonderful. <laughs> Later that night, I also got the. I'm trying to get the. I'm trying to prioritize the Hisuian stuff. Of course. Who knows when that's going to be available to catch again? Mm. I also got a, a sligoo last night as well. Oh, cute. A shiny that is apparently very love or hate. I yeah. don't like it, but matter of taste, I guess. Y'all know why I don't like it. Yeah, because you're a grown man who hates half the color wheel. Yeah, dang warm <laughs> colors. Get out of my eyes. <laughs> Oh man, I I myself have been playing uh, far too much Legends Arceus, and I have an entire box of shinies, and then some other shinies on top of the box. But <laughs> to be fair, like one third of the box almost is shiny Eevee from this like one outbreak because <laughs> I did that before the exploit was fixed in the update. So <laughs> I managed to get two from the same outbreak. After the uh, patch went through, so I'm I'm feeling good. That actually happened to me with my Hisuian Sneasels. Like, I did farm the Outbreak because I went back and forth like four times before finding a shiny. But when I did find a shiny, I found like two, one right after the other in the same Outbreak. Well, well, good. Then you get the shiny Sneasler, which is like OU viable. And then you get the shiny Sneasel, which is just a better shiny. (laughs) Yes. Um, I don't actually like the shiny for Hisuian Sneasel. I I think the original color is much better. (laughs) Hmm. But I do have like my favorite Hisuian shiny, which is Zorua and Zoroark. I have like both of them. And then three Zorua to spare. Do you want one? Holy (laughs) I farmed that oh, one a lot. Man, I haven't even seen an outbreak, and I've only gotten one shiny. I feel like such a peasant. Gosh. How have you not seen an outbreak? I just don't want to go to the ones that are outbreak. They're all warm-colored Pokemon. Blah. Uh. <laughs> I've just had bad luck up to this point. I don't even know how to start with that. I just... <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I mean, I understand. I usually have the same problem you do, but, like... There's pink, too, and I love pink, so... I'll tolerate it because Clefable exists. (laughs) I do not. I do not get this. (laughs) It's... Okay, so our relationship with colors is deep and profound and complicated, but I feel like maybe it can be a topic for another time. (laughs) That could be a whole topic to itself. We should do... A whole topic, absolutely. Like- well, I mean, Pokemon did teach me that red and yellow makes orange, so... <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Gosh. We're never going to let that die. <laughs> no. No, we won't. And rightly so, it was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> hmm. Oh, man. I-, I-, I guess we've gone on long enough with this intro. I think there is a fair bit of news to get to. 
I know for sure, actually, because we've recorded the news segment before before <laughs> Pash's dog decided this episode did not have to happen. So <laughs> we're going to move right on over to the news with a bit of that epic music. Welcome to the news. In the news today, we have a few things. The very first one that I absolutely care a lot about because I absolutely follow the anime religiously. <laughs> Not. Um, <laughs> the anime has received a new opening. And what's very interesting is that it features Paul and Greninja and a few other returning characters. Uh-huh. And Thatch was saying the first time we recorded this that this actually means something this day in the anime because the openings used to be a bit more random. But now if you see someone in the opening, they are almost certainly going to be in the show at some point in the near future. So if you're excited for Greninja to come back, Blech. cheer. Yuck. <laughs> They'll run it with a mystery gift and be, it'll be the last edition to Swish before it Stop goes. Stop it. No. <laughs> <laughs> the no. other thing in the anime is Ash is going into battle wearing all of the Dynamax band, a, dynam a Gigantamax band, and a Mega Z-ring. And, uh, and he does the signature turn your baseball cap backwards thing from the first season. Like, <laughs> it, it all comes back, and he's going to be Dynamaxing a Gigantamax Mega with a Z move. Yeah. And why not? I saw that and I was actually a bit ticked off because <laughs> he can't do that. He can't do that. What the heck? <laughs> I just can't wait yeah. for um Max Gigavolt Havoc. That's Max Gigavolt. That's gonna be <laughs> mm. From uh, Mega Pikachu. From a yeah, Mega from Pikachu. Pikachu. Stop it. <laughs> Mega Ash Pikachu. Mega <laughs> Ash hat. The keystone is the hat. Mega <laughs> the Ash keystone is the hat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, that's just going to be so sorry that he let us right. charge. But anyway. <laughs> so. Linian. Legends Arceus news. Uh, there's going to be a ser there is a serial code Arceus adventure for uh, 30 Ultra Balls, 30 Gigaton Balls, and 30 Jet Balls. Uh, you can also get five Grit Pebbles, Rare Candy, and Star Pieces with the code THX4Y0URHELP, and that is completely arcane and undecodable code, so just uh, don't bother with it. <laughs> uh. Yes, RC's adventure, and thanks for your help. One of those things doesn't match the other, but... Yep. I, need to, so just, I need to type those in. That's 90 Pokeballs. Do you know how much Tumblestone that is? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the big thing that has me uh, drooling is, of all things, the star pieces, because I am... Um, <laughs> buddy's broke. Uh, yep. <laughs> I'm broke, too. Austin John keeps saying, make you money in this game. is so easy. I'm like, where? Well, if you, <laughs> if you go out and, like, catch 30 different things... Like kind of specific to on thirty and different, you can make an obscene amount of money. But the uh, thing is, you if you're trying to do just like quick little jaunts, it will drain yeah. your cash very fast. 
I think my problem is that I have terrible aim. So for every uh-huh. like ten Pokemon that I catch, I use like thirty Pokeballs instead of like twelve. That would do it. So it doesn't really add up. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that, that also helps. Eternal Battle Sonata has is how I have been making it meet, and that uh-huh. gives a good amount of money for its time investment. Mm. The other news bit, um, we missed it from last week, but there will be a Hisui arc of the anime where it's just like a separate kind of thing to its own. So that's going to be really exciting yeah. in my that's opinion. That's going to be released on YouTube, if I remember correctly. That sounds right. S- something like that, yes. So kind of like the last few like side series they've been doing. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the image preview has like the shadow of a Hisuian Zorua because everyone's obsessed with it. But going back to the now apparently dying game of Sword and Shield, as much as they no. don't want it to be dying, <laughs> the signups for the next international challenge are now still live for a few days when this episode releases. So if you want that shiny Galarian Zapdos, you need to sign up pretty soon because the matches take place next weekend. Yay! Get your shiny Zapdos. He's yellow. Another mystery gift news. Oak's letter is available via mystery gift. Um, Fun fact, if you're shiny hunting, you can run from the battle, walk out of the area, and then run back into it. And it's faster than manually resetting. It is not, however, faster than just doing it in PLA, where you can uh, shiny hunt a shaman as well. It's the one legendary or mythical that isn't locked is that shaman. Interesting. Well, I wish I had known that before I caught it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, Dang. no, I, I was right there with you, and then, uh, nope, Joe has confirmed it. It's, it's not, it's not locked. Fascinating. The very first one can't be shiny, but if you knock it out or do anything and then come back, every other time it rolls as normal. Oh. oh so it's, 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 it was intended to be locked. They just didn't lock it made. well, yes. Oopsie yes. whoopsie. Oh, dang it. All right, in the very much not dying game of Pokemon Unite, We've got <laughs> what? No, here I am. <laughs> I'm just I'm covering it because I'm the League of Legends guy, apparently. So anyway, <laughs> uh, Duraladon is releasing sometime this month. I don't think we know too many of its details, as I think we just saw the picture of it from Pokemon Presents a couple mm-hmm. like a week ago. We saw a little bit, like a it little. can do a meteor attack kind of thing. Oh yeah, and probably one of its moves is going to be laser focus because that's what's on that wanted poster. So. Ooh. So, yeah, Duraludon's coming, folks. So get your get get ready get ready for the Zippo Lighter Pokemon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or the Inhaler Pokemon, one of the two. Yeah. Speaking of Pokemon being released inside games, the Alolan starters and a couple other friends are now available in Pokemon Go. So go catch your Rowlets, your Poplios, your Litchens, oh, your Rowl- Piggybacks. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get that. And I think mm, Gumshoes and Yangus are also out. Oh, also, uh, speaking of Pokemon Go, there's going to be a Centrio Community Day this weekend with both Base Centrio and Alolan Centrio appearing in the wild and being all over the place and being shiny. And some people are <laughs> salty about it being Centrio. I'm okay with it. I don't have a shiny Centrio of either type. So... Yeah, I probably won't play for like three hours, but 
I might play for like 20 minutes. There you go. So it's okay. That was all the news that we had for you today. So we're going to see if we can beat Destiny and actually get Seth to cross the line yeah. in our Puckle Pokey Quiz. Woo. So we're going to be right back after the rules. Hello and welcome to the Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz your co-hosts on their insane Pokemon knowledge. I'm Professor Snag with the rules. The co-hosts are working together as a team to answer five Pokemon-themed trivia questions that you, the listeners, have submitted on the Discord server. Each question is worth one point, with Pokedex and multiple answer questions worth more, for a total of seven points. The hosts can use a free hint at any time. If they get all the answers correct without using the hint, they can cash it in for an eighth point. And welcome to Puckle's Poke Quiz, the part of the show where I quiz my fellow co-hosts on their absolutely insane Pokemon knowledge, because that is the hand that fate has dealt us today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Snag, for the new reading of the rules, and I hope you guys are ready to start. Heck yeah. Good. Okay, so... Our first question is from Polywo, and Polywo wants to know, what is the first badge to have the same name as the typing of the gym leader giving it out? Huh. Ugh. Huh. Well, it can't be any of the ones from, wait, the same name as the gym leader? The, what? Gym as the gym leader's gym type. type. The, okay, because that's what I expected, and then leader came out and it threw off my rhythm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hmm. So is the bu- is it the bug badge in Gen Two? That sounds right because I don't think it's anything Gen One. They all had funky names. Yeah. Unless you're going to be like Earth Badge or something like Earth Type, but that's not the same name. Well, Insect. It could be. I think Insect Badge was later. Yeah. Um. Because I feel like that's what they called the one in Gen. No, I don't think they would have done it as early as Gen Two. Hmm. I don't know. I know it's not any of the ones in Gen 3, because I can recite the ones from Gen 3 off the top of my head. Yeah, and Gen 1, I think we've ruled that out fairly confidently. Yeah. Because they've got things like Soul and Cascade. And it's it's probably something like the Insect Badge. But that's not the type, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's probably not Gen 2. Yeah. And the question is the generation, Whimsicott, or the type? No, no, no. I want the name of the, the, badge, name of the badge, which is also okay, the name of the you. type. Right. But I want the name of the badge. All right, so we've got a 1 in 18 chance. A 1 in 17, because <laughs> there's never been a dark-type gym leader. I guess, you know, I don't know about Bugsy. Maybe maybe they just couldn't come up with a good thing for the character limit, because those were items and things. Do you, want, do you want to say Bug and just think that they flubbed it in Gen 2? Bug badge? I, I, I'm good with that. I don't really have much confidence beyond. I don't think it's anything Gen 4 either. I don't know. Sure, Bug badge. Is that going to be your final answer? Bug badge, final yeah, answer. Bug badge for something. So I have some bad news for you. Oh, Bugsy's oh no. badge is called the Hive badge. Yeah. However, the very <laughs> first gym leader to give out a badge that matches the name of its typing is Viola in Gen 6. So Bug badge is correct. <laughs> it's correct? <laughs> <laughs> 
task failed successfully. This is that old Tumblr <laughs> exactly. meme of you put in the you use the wrong formula but got the right answer. <laughs> yes, very much so. Wow. It was very entertaining for me. Gen six. Wow, that took a long time. Well, yeah. it's. I think it's more they gave up at that point. <laughs> yeah. How many more variations of bug can you do? <laughs> Insect, hive, swarm, uh... bug. <laughs> Bug. Crap, wait. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I think in Gen 6 they were like thinking of so many things like you need about 17 rivals in Gen 6 and we need to give them names and personality bug badge. The intern bug badge. We... you have to name the badges. <laughs> yes. Well, they, they I mean it was the last time they tried at all cuz in Gen 8, 7 they said no more badges and in Gen 8 they're like it's just the type. Yep. Yep. We're done. <laughs> Anyway, that gives you guys one point for one answer. And so we're going to move on to question number two. This one is from our very own Professor Snag. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, no. And Snag wants to know, in Pokemon Legends Arceus, there are no Pokemon at all from Gen 8. True. True. Kind of. I mean, there's no... Pokemon from Gen 8's original release. That is what the question states. Now, what other generation apart from Gen 8 had the least Pokemon included in Pokemon Legends Arceus? So it's not Gen 4. (laughs) Thank you, Professor. No, probably not. (laughs) Uh, And it's not Gen 5 because we've got the Basculin, Braviary, and uh, Lilligant lines. Yeah, that's a pretty good amount. Um, Gen 6 had two lines, but that's five Pokemon, which is a decent number. I think Gen 7 only has three, because that would just be the Rowlet, Dartrix, and Decidueye. I can't think of anything else. Nothing comes to mind, no. It wouldn't be two, I don't think, because, I mean, there are only two that I can think of from two. I can think of more than three Pokemon from Gen 2 off the top of my head. Oh, yeah, Octillery. Okay, that... at. That brings it up to four. Uh, yeah, so not two, not one, obviously. So not one, two, not four, not five. What about three? Not six. So we're kind of between seven and seven and three? Seven and three. Can you think of four Pokemon from Gen 3 that are available in the game? Nosepass, Chimeco. Not the pseudo-legends. Hmm. Ooh, huh. Hmm. Could not it Taylor? be three? Wormple. Wormple line. Oh, Wormple, and then all of the Wormple branches yep. immediately puts it over. So, yeah, it's got to be Gen 7, seven then. Okay, Gen 7 is correct. Good job yeah. remembering Wormple, guys. That was close. <laughs> the question almost had you. Yes, very close. <laughs> Beautifred saved us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was Bugene. Uh. I had Beautisha for the first one, and then Bugene for my second playthrough. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, the the second one is this in this like weird line is actually Gen Six because it only has Sylveon, the Gumi line, and the Bergmite line. Ah, yep. Yep. I forgot about Sylveon, but that's yeah, that puts it to six. I forgot about Gumi. What's wrong with me? <laughs> oh, Gumi, my baby. Anyway, so you guys are two for two, so fate is starting to look up. <laughs> Seth only needs one point to cross the line. Oh no, my internet's going out. Oh, oh no. <laughs> ah, the dog oh, no. ate my entire computer. Oh no. 
The next question is the Pokédex entry question. And we're gonna want the one from Foxy. It's Legends Arceus Pokédex entry states, Though they are usually of a violent disposition, when I gave one a glass bead it had been eyeing covetously, it suddenly became quite docile. Who's that Pokémon? What? What game was this from? Legends, Legends Arceus. Arceus. They're usually quite violent. When I gave one a glass bead, it became docile. And Grumpig isn't in this game. A toddler? I didn't know the average four-year-old is a Pokemon. Um, <laughs> a glass bead? I'm trying to think, because that seems like, that seems weirdly specific. Not Happini, that has an item, but it's not violent. Teddy Ursa? No, they're cuddly. They're cute and cuddly. They're not violent. No, they scream and then have their dad come beat me up. Exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> Paris. Lady. It was Paris. <laughs> but but Teddy Ursa's thing is usually about like the honey on its paws. Yeah, yeah. Huh. What a weird entry. <laughs> what a weird entry. Very weird. It's almost like we needed some hard questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say I don't know. Uh, do you want? Do you want to just guess a Pokemon? Uh, yeah. Is the is the answer to that question? Uh, what do we want to guess that's even remotely close? Murkrow likes shiny things. Maybe. Ooh. Yeah, that's decent. Maybe. Yeah. Sure. I'm good with Murkrow as a guess. Sure. Okay. It's hard gold and soul silver gotcha. pocket entry <laughs> oh, state. <laughs> As it digs to expand its nest, it habitually digs up gems it then hoards in its nest. Wait, no, Gibble. Gibbite, uh, one of the two, one of the two. Gibbite, I think, is what it is. Because, no, it's heart gold, soul silver. What am I thinking? Wait, no, that could be in there. No. Yeah, that could no. be in there. Yeah, it, it could be in there. It wouldn't have a heart gold, soul silver entry, though, right? It would. No, it would. It might have been copied from that, but it would still have oh. one from it. I remember Gabite being big into gems and hoarding yeah. things like a dragon. If you think that that is a good answer, let's do it. Yeah, because I think I remember something about Sableye raiding Gabite nests for gems. Um, I am fairly confident. I like the idea of Gabite being fascinated by a small glass bead. <laughs> Yeah, right. And it's not Gibble, because those are all like, I have a big mouth! And it's not Garchomp, because those are like, I'm going to destroy the entire planet and fly at Mach 12. So Okay, but can you imagine Garchomp being fascinated by a glass bead, though? Right. <laughs> right. As fascinating as that image is, could I please get an answer? Yes, Gabite, Gabite is, our, is our answer. Gabite is correct, and I Yay. am very <laughs> impressed that you remember that, Seth. It's a Sableye trivia fact. Of course I remember it. (laughs) Right, of course, tangentially, but yes. (laughs) Well, good job. That puts you at three points, which means you're a winner, baby. Let's see how many points we can have Linian carry over into next next round. Exactly. See, sandbagging wasn't a good idea, Linian. (laughs) Now, the next question is your multiple choice question. I'm going to Pick the one from Bowling for Bear. Okay. This question has four answers. I'm going to give you one point for... Every answer after the second? No. I'm going to give you one point for the first answer. 
two points for the second and third answer and a third point if you give me all four. Okay, that works. I'm going to do things a bit weird today because <laughs> I, I like can. <laughs> okay, what are our, what's our question here? In Pokemon Legends Arceus, there are 10 Pokemon commemorated as statues at the Temple of Sinnoh for having been loyal to the ancient hero. They are basically the ride and frenzied Pokemon in the main stories. They are the 10 Pokemon who decided mm -hmm. to protect human in the old rhyme stuff, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. What types are not represented among these Pokemon? Oh. Okay. So let's go over, let's just, I'm going to have to write these down because I will not be able to track yeah. them in my head. Yeah. Which types are there, first of all? There are Cleaver, Weirdeer, and then on the second one, it is Ursaluna and Lilligant. The third row would be Bascu Legion and Arcanine. Oh yeah, Arcanine. That one almost threw me. Then area four, you have Sneasler and Electrode. Which I wrote as Electroder. Stupid. <laughs> and then lastly, you have Braviary and Avalug. Yeah, that's a lot of rocks. Three rocks, yes. So, um, rock, first answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so one type that's not on that list is Dragon. Yes, Dragon is not on the list. Okay, you're locking that in, I imagine? Yep. Yep. Okay, Dragon is correct, and it nets you one point. And if I'm correct, there's no steel type on that list either, right? Correct. So that's answer two. Steel is indeed correct. Okay. Uh, there is a poison. Yeah. Is there a dark type? No, nor fairy. Nor fairy. Yeah, dark and fairy. Dark and fairy, we're locking them in. Okay, dark gives you your second point, and fairy gives you your third and final point for Yeet. this question. It was dragon and then all of the newly added types. Yeah. Yep. That's huh. curious, right? <laughs> well, see, Hisui is very old. There's nothing good there for them. <laughs> they forgot about those types. But actually, though. <laughs> but actually, exactly. <laughs> but, but actually, though. All right. So the final question, as always, is a base stat question. And this one comes from our friend, arch nemesis and dark counterpart, G. McPee. <laughs> <laughs> What ground-type Pokémon has the lowest base attack stat? Ooh, huh. Ground-type with the lowest attack. So what are some... Like, all the ground-types that aren't, like, legends and stuff are all physical boys? Primarily physical attackers, yeah. Uh, Shellos is not a ground-type. I will interject to remind you guys that you haven't used your hint. If you get this question correct, you can cash it in, but you can also use it. That's true. Okay, but but first let's let's exhaust our our, our mind space <laughs> yeah. before we worry too much. Special ground types. Teeny tiny special ground types. Well, it's not special. Uh, Ninkata comes to mind. That one probably has a high attack. Okay. One that comes to mind is Sandygast. No, it's actually fairly high. Really? Okay. Well, it would be unusual. It's it's like around sixty five, I want to say, because it doesn't actually get that much higher when it evolves, uh -huh. and you have to use bulldoze and stuff for the longest time because you don't uh, get any yeah. special moves raising it. Okay. Gen seven is a fun time. Yeah. Whooper, whoopers is whooper pure water. 
I think Wooper is pure water. Okay. I could be wrong. What about what about really tanky Pokemon that don't have any attack stats even when they evolve? Yeah. Like Onyx is low, I know. I think it's like 70. 50, maybe? 50. 55? Maybe, yeah, something along those lines. Geodude's is high. I am going to need an answer pretty soon, guys. Uh, uh, Onyx or Ball Toy. Those are the only two things I can think of that are, like, bulky. I would think Ball Toy between it and Onyx. I think it's probably Onyx, but I don't know. I want to trust. I'll trust you on this. I'll trust you on this. I I, I would go Ball Toy before Onyx. I'm probably going to shoot myself in the foot do we want to cash in the hint just because we're not sure no i it doesn't help you any and i just <laughs> i want to roll dice i want sure, to roll dice ball toy lock in insert sounds of dice rolling ball toy is correct what good hey. job guys yes yes <laughs> so ball toy has a base 40 attack stat and Onyx, Ninkada, and Wooper, who is a ground type, oh. all have 45. Oh. <laughs> wow. The wow. next one up is Barbuch at 48. And then at 50, you have Cubone and Swinab. Cubone? Huh. That low? What the yep. heck? Yep. Cubone wow. is a little baby. Well, it's because you're used to using it with a thick club, That's which true. makes it base yeah. 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm-hmm. Even higher than 100 mathematically, but unimportant. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Mare. In all the emergency, I forgot to open up the trivia score file, but I don't need to. No. Because <laughs> Stat has won, and the only person with points, and to be exact, eight of them, is Linian. No. Everybody else has yet to get on the board. Bing, bada, boom. Got him. Thank you for making that easier for me, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> and now we are ready to move on to our topic. So we'll catch you on the flip-flop. Hey, would you like a green Taurus badge? Well, you can have one. If you come over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash pucklepodcast, we are going to be giving them out once we hit $850. We're going to be giving those to every patron at the $10 plus tier because uh, we love you guys. We'd love to see this project project made. Of course, if we hit any other thresholds on the way there, such as $800 for the week-long giveaways to the community, that would also happen as well. So, if you'd be interested in getting a green Taurus badge, be f- feel free. Come on over. Uh, if you can't support the show, don't worry about it. You just listening is enough for us. So, until then, though, guys, I'm Thatch, and I'll catch you guys on the flip-flop. And welcome to our topic. Our topic today is going to be, are Pokemon stories always black and white, or are some of them gray, with ambiguous morality in it? If you can tell, I was totally inspired by last week's mailbag discussion. So thank you again to the people who sparked those mailbag discussions. So we are pretty much all in agreement that Pokemon stories started getting more and more and more morally complex until we hit Gen 5 and then suddenly Pokemon remembered it was a kid's game. (laughs) I wouldn't even say it got as complicated as black and gray (laughs) as it would be a shade off of the totality of the void and white, you know? <laughs> yes. So the I think this discussion could use with some more, like, in-depth terminology because, yeah, okay, so the bad guys are always the bad guys. And even in black and white, when it started to look like they wanted you to think about some of the stuff that was going on in the world with, like, Pokemon Liberation and all that, Thatch is very fond of reminding us that the very next scene is 
dudes kicking a mana. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, they wanted you to think for maybe 35 seconds. And then for all those who were not like distracted from the thinking by how hot Anne was, they had that scene to make it clear that, you know, Team Plasma are really bad guys. We're still the baddies. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like, okay, let's let's pull, throw this out as a blanket statement. Animal fighting in the real world is bad and bad. There's no defense of it. However, yes. <laughs> this is not the real world and the existence of things like psychic types that explicitly and like Pokemon that communicate. These bloodthirsty monsters all genuinely appear to like it. Yeah, very good to point out. Yeah. We do have to say, yeah, we are playing a game in a world that has at least one moral thing that is markedly different from our own. But aside from that, like, you have to, I think, it's weird because, yeah, I think you have to move move past that. But once you move past that, you remove the, the one, like, big bit of thinking. The, the, the one decent argument they could have made. <laughs> exactly. What I wanted to talk about is the villains yeah and how they're always like the bad guys but sometimes they don't feel as much like the bad guys and it varies in the way they do that in my opinion yeah i think the one who cuts the most sympathetic picture to me out of all of them is weirdly lucamine in normal sun and moon i was thinking the same exact thing okay i'd like to hear this i'm curious because ultimately she is Basically, someone who is very much out of the control of her own actions. Mm-mm. She is explicitly driven pretty... She she is not sensible or in her right mind. And when mm-hmm. she is freed from... It's not really the control, but the after effects of being around Neoligo. She's yeah. like, wow, I was a monster. I didn't really like any of that. And all of her family talks explicitly about how different she was before. Like, both... Lily and Gladion are like, yeah, no, before this, she was totally fine. This happened. She became obsessed, not really out of her own will. It's implied to be like a form of the poison. Yeah. And then when she's better, she's herself again. It's not, oh, I see the error of my ways. It's, wow, now I have control of my body again. (laughs) It also is interesting with the Luzamine plot specifically, how it's implied she got into really talking about Ultra Beasts and all that kind of nonsense with the husband being taken away by the ultra beasts and taken mm-hmm. to an island and gone Which so it didn't actually happen like he just left I think. well no that's the thing ultra confirms it did because he shows back up at aether paradise with no memory of everyone thinks it's his first time there oh wait i totally missed this part no yeah he's a faller he has memory loss and everything and he's taken by them and just falls through the ultra portal i thought he was just okay i'm on this island now i'm never going back to my family for no, no. No, no, he he does not remember it. And Lucamine has this whole moment of what does this mean? Because I do. It's twisted. Yeah, and it wow. really it unlocks Lucamine's plot as like psychological trauma to f- kind of find her husband that became more. Yeah, yeah, and then she had a chance encounter with Neoligo, which completely warped her already yep. distraught mentality. Yep. Wow. So it's a remarkably complex plot. It is very complex, <laughs> and the interesting part is the other villain, Guzma. 
is also a very sympathetic character in the end. Yeah. He just wanted someone to tell him that he's a good boy. <laughs> exactly. Like he's your he's your classic like sympathetic bully from a childhood story. Yeah. So, yeah, Gen 7 is actually the one with the most sympathetic villains even though you could argue that the things they do up to a certain point in the story are certainly like evil. Significantly less sympathetic. It makes them kind of a redeemable villain instead of yeah. Giovanni, who is bad for the sake of being bad because we only have two flavors in the 90s. Because he's, well, he's a greedy mafia guy. Yeah. You don't, he yeah. shouldn't be complex. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But it, it gives them other things like they have to have a story and they can be, they can be redeemed and their actions can be justified. Giovanni is just like, hey, yeah. I'm a mob boss and I don't run my gym well. Like what? And I think it's very interesting that in both Luzumin and Guzma's case, you meet their family. Yeah. And meeting their family helps make them more relatable and sympathetic. Whereas the one other time you meet a villain's family is, oh, look at this disadapted kid who is kind of evil because his father abandoned him. Oh, his father is Giovanni. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, well, there's, there are, I can think of a couple other times we've met uh, the family of uh, villains. Cyrus's Don't dad is Cyrus's? in Platinum yeah. and he's like, uh, <laughs> turns mm. out my son was a sociopath and I could never help him. And it's like, oh, no. Which one was the one with the golf club? Was that Cyrus or was that No, no, that was Guzma. that was Guzma. <laughs> okay, yeah. 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 And also I guess another family you see is gets is an N sort of kind but of. Yeah. That's a whole other topic we'll get to. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other thing I can think of is there's um you meet uh Chairman Rose's brother, uh P &E. Oh yeah. Yes. That's right. They're related. But only in the DLC and... Uh... I count it. It's all one game now. But 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 still, like, I mean, only in Platinum do you meet uh, Cyrus's dad. Yeah. Um, but but Peony is, like, remarkably well-adjusted, and it's... They tried to have this thing where Rose is, like, the well-intentioned extremist, but he just came off as an idiot who can't wait <laughs> literally yes. 24 hours. Which actually is very... Act realistic <laughs> i guess <laughs> but he's like there this is a problem that will happen in a thousand years we can't wait even a day it's like i must do it while the tournament is going on i'll just flip the button i think i think another thing that is worth mentioning at this point is it's much easier to make a villain like a complex and sympathetic character when their plot actually makes a lick of sense, yeah. which doesn't That's always true. happen in a Pokemon game. Oh, Jenny, you are a mess. Roses came out of nowhere. Like, he's just like a chummy old guy. Ha ha, yeah, I'm the league, I'm the CEO no. of Galar. I love that you call him the CEO of Galar. He's like, I'm going to solve the energy crisis. Oh, no. It's like and you only found out that we have like a minute ago. Why? Why yeah. is this your... Why is this? You don't even have to wait 24 hours. If you wait six hours, Leon will be free. Yeah. It's so it hit, That weird. one was weird. That one was weird. He has, I guess, good motivations, but he comes off as such an idiot. It kind of doesn't matter. It was a flair for the dramatic. Yeah, it's hard to take him seriously as a villain because it's, he's so stupid. And you see yeah. him in his underwear. Like... <laughs> that too... <laughs> 
They, I think they portrayed him as a goofy guy from the beginning, and it just didn't quite come across. And it didn't work, because he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be competent. Yeah, I expected for the entire game for him to be like a puppet. Yeah. And for Olena to be like the real bad yeah, guy. Yeah, right? Because but she's no. hyper competent. But no. No, they didn't do that. <laughs> and then he's just a cool guy in the, in the, what was it? The the TV sh- the show that they did on YouTube, uh, Twilight Wings. Yeah, he was just a cool guy in Twilight Wings, and it's just like, no, he's gonna bring about the apocalypse in like a month. I mean, he's he's very much like the baby Pokemon game version of a Tony Stark character. Yeah, he's Tony Kronk. He and it doesn't it. work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very very strange. It's like, okay, we're going to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and then we're going to put it in a medium where it doesn't make sense. Avengers 2, Age of Eternatus. (laughs) Oh, no. Look, I'm just saying, you can't make Tony Stark a himbo. It doesn't work. No. I mean, the fanfic does beautifully, but that's another thing. No. (laughs) So, okay, sorry. Speaking of fanfic, I think it's time we we talk about N. Uh, Oh, no. Yeah. That is actually... One of the most interesting characters. I, I don't think people like him just because he's hot. Nah, well, no, he's bad. also a sad boy. <laughs> he's boring. Yeah, that, you're right. He's, he's a poor little meow meow. I mean, like, he, they knew what they were doing. I think they, I think they did. They explicitly made the main character a little bit older and then put you on a Ferris wheel. They knew. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, that's, that's a fair thing to say. But again, it just means they wanted you to connect with this character. They wanted you to, to feel for N and question whether or not he was the villain. And ultimately the answer is he isn't the villain because Getsis is a child abusing monster who also wants to own every weapon so that he becomes the man with the biggest stick. Yeah. Which is just cartoonishly evil. Which is why he uses a cane, you see. He's already got one Uh, stick. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's symbolic. But yeah, like, I think for a time, we had, and I mean, up to Gen 4, we just had, like, okay, these are people who are doing definitely bad things that will bring about very bad things. And the way they did it became more and more ridiculous. One, two, and three were comically <laughs> but, bad. But what is interesting to me in the context of this discussion is that when they remade Rubei and Sapphire, they gave the evil teams a lot more personality. And they, I, I'm not saying they were justifiable, but they tried to explain a bit more their motivations. Yeah. It it was less, oh, we have done a terrible accident on the one thing that would be beaten by the water cycle. And they were like, no, these are ancient gods. They will fundamentally change things, only to realize yeah. they could not control the degree. I don't think they're complex. I wouldn't say they're justifiable. I would say they're better than than just being idiots who unsealed a can. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they tried to... Again, make you connect a little bit more with the characters. Absolutely, yeah. And they made them more fleshed out. Yeah, which is why Sword and Shield like really sticks out like a sore thumb here. Yeah. (laughs) Because it just doesn't work. 
Because not only is the plot stupid, the characters are stupid, and the one character that seemed like she could be mildly interesting is just a glorified secretary in the end. Yeah, and yep. again, in Sword and Shield, you're not even the driving part of the plot. You're just there. No, you... Yeah. Nothing... The, the the thing that defines the plot of Sword and Shield is when all of the Dynamax things outbreak and you go into the next route and Leon has defeated them and tells you to go get a, yeah. a badge. Yep, yep, <laughs> exactly. I think it's very weird because, in a way, like, you are the protagonist of Sword and Shield just because the ending for Hop's character is not the ending of a typical video game character in Pokemon. Yeah. But otherwise, Hop should be the protagonist. Hop, Bead have plot lines. Leon has yes. a plot line. You're just yes. the, the You're silent just the mute ride. Avenger. Uh, you are the carrier of the box art legend. No, you're the carrier of the one who knows the type chart. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> fair. <laughs> but the honestly, I think my favorite villain and is probably Cyrus. Okay. Really? And it's not because he's complex. It's because yeah. he is so simple that he becomes narratively way more effective. Mm. Okay. Giovanni, okay. Giovanni's whole thing is just kind of vaguely defined at best. He's just kind of nebulously the leader of bad guys, which is fine. It's just not, it doesn't define a narrative that well. Uh, mm-hmm. Gen 2 is its own problems. We've talked about the other ones. I think they're, yeah. they're more or less do fine. Cyrus is an uncaring genius force of nature who just doesn't connect or care about anyone. Yeah. And in that, he becomes the most terrifying person in the series. He just doesn't care. He wants you dead, but not yeah. in this active, hateful, cartoonish way. In this distressingly passive way, you're mm. just not worth his time. He doesn't want you he was he doesn't want you dead. He just wants the entire thing reset. He, that's his he motivation is yeah. gone and him at the top yeah and he's chilling <laughs> he doesn't want you to exist i guess if you see him this way you're right it's very hard to see him this way after seeing him chibified in bdsp <laughs> okay i'll 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 hit you with one that isn't chibified in a sense and well i guess he kind of is i have a soft spot in my heart for lysander really yeah because i think <laughs> A little bit of his can be, you know, slight, made slightly more complex, and he brings about, you know, the opening up of the weapon that he's been working on this entire time behind the scenes, creating his own society of people in a sense, which is really weird to think about. Like, I think plotline-wise and villain-wise, I've got a soft spot for Lysander and his whole story, honestly. I don't know. Lysander is like... A weird cross between a cult leader and an Instagram influencer. Uh, yeah, exactly. Which kind of are one in the same, in a sense. <laughs> yes, I w- didn't want to say that, but yes. Um, <laughs> I, I don't... There's nothing... The thing is, nothing about what he's saying rings true to me, and I don't... Yeah. I don't get why he... Like, he's like, I have seen this world. It is imperfect. And it's like, okay, you're going to be a twist villain, aren't you? It's not a twist, but not you are. Not even a twist. No. It's that pro ZD bit, you know, where it's like, yeah. my machinations lay undetected for years. When they do try to give him some emotional conflict, like he's crying about the fact that in the new world, Pokemon won't exist and he loves Pokemon. He's not believable. It's like, then don't do it. You are in full control of yeah. this. Exactly. But he's kind of twisted by his own delusion of what a perfect world is. Maybe he already worked it and that's why we don't have Pokemon today. Ah! Like, 
Whereas Cyrus has some kind of apparent internal coherency. Yeah, fair. Uh, I I can't find that in Lysander. Lysander's yeah. a lunatic that's already lost grip with reality. Cyrus has yeah. a grip on what his reality will be. But I think I think at this point we should mention uh, the newest and hottest villain of the series. Hey, hey spoilers for PLA. I was gonna add, break this up too. Yes. Oh yeah. If you don't skip to the end of the topic. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want this to be spoiled. I'm excited to be spoiled. I haven't fought him yet, but I know. Okay, okay. so you know. Okay, it's fair. So, uh, Valo, which I'm finally going to pronounce correctly now that I know it's Latin, not Italian. <laughs> Valo is uh, is a weird character because, again, they they made you love him from the start. And he knows factually that he is the reason. It makes everything way more twisted when you realize he knows yes. the entire time you are you. He is why you are trapped there, and the whole time yes. he's being buddy buddy because you're getting things done. Oh, yeah, it's it's yeah. terribly. Oh, it's really bad. Did not know that. All right, <laughs> good to know. Okay, sorry, Seth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am here for the ride. I don't care. It's so, fine. So Volo announces at at the top of Spear Pillar, Volo announces that he ripped the rift. He found uh he got the dread plate from Giratina. He wanted to meet Arceus because he's that his curiosity knows no bounds, including right. safety. So he rent the sky open with the dread plate and Giratina's power because he wanted to meet Arceus. Because oh. uh, this sent the two creation, do the other parts of the creation trio, into chaos, which meant Arceus had to pull you in from the future to save it. Understood. He knows That's all remarkable. of this. He knows all there of this is. and has known it from the beginning. And the first time he met you and they're like, yeah, he fell from the sky. And then you start finding plates. He immediately realizes that you are something that he can use. He will let you collect all the plates he will take them all from you and he will meet God because he is the chosen one. Ah, I yep. love it, honestly. So, so the whole time he's giving you items and giving you tips, he's explicitly training his lackey to go and get all of the stuff. It feels very mystery dungeon plotline. Not even, it's like, he's like a misery sort of thing where he's like obsessed with Arceus, but Arceus has chosen you. And so he like uses you at like, to vicariously do the things that Arceus wants you to do, uh -huh. to then, like, cut you down and substitute very himself end. for you at the very last time. Makes sense. Brilliant. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's a great plot. And he's real hot until he takes that, sh until he takes the clothes off and reveals that hairstyle. Well, it's just <laughs> Arceus. He's upset. He's a fanboy for Arceus to the point of doing his hair yeah. that way. No, I know. It just looks real dumb. <laughs> Why does he know that's what Arceus' hair looks like? Who knows? That's a question for another day. Garatina told him his BFF. Garatina told him, hey, my dad's hair is, no, a little higher. That's something that's actually very interesting here. And I know we're kind of straying from the actual topic, but he seems to be the only person in all of Hisui who knows that Arceus even exists apart from Kogita. His grandmother. Yeah, other than Kogita, who might be immortal? It's maybe. It's probably immortal, right? Like she, she seems to be one of the original Celestica people. She changed her name to Cynthia later. All of the old verses that you find scattered are her. Oh. She wrote them. What? Yes. Oh yes. no! I'm pretty sure she did. It's very heavily implied that she did. So, so again, she she is probably just immortal. All right. Yes, that makes sense. 
And and she talks about like you're gonna borrow an amorous, you know, and eventually you'll die and it will be free, right? Yeah. Um, she talks about yeah, th- that's her dialogue. Uh, she talks about it as if she will be alive to see it, so it's not an inconvenience to her yes. specifically. Oh. Yes. And uh, I've, I've actually seen like a, a couple of good theories that I really want to mention <laughs> because like obviously the most common one is that Kogita will be Cynthia mm-hmm. or Cynthia's grandmother in Celestic Town. But another one that I really like is that Volo actually got some immortality too from all the mess he made with <laughs> Giratina and Arceus and Volo is Cynthia. No, they no. look exactly alike. I I refuse. Yeah, but do you, by that rate, then we should say everyone in, and they're all their descendants. Every single player in in Diamond and Pearl is Cynthia. But this is the this is the only one that makes sense, like because <laughs> she would be trying to redeem herself. Look, there's only one. Yeah. Per, there is only one person that has gotten canonical eternal life in the games, and it's Lysander in Y in in X rather. Yeah, trapped yeah. under the rubble True. for eternity. That True. was another thing I liked about Lysander is that he chose to attempt to punish you by giving you eternal life to watch the world crumble. That was really cool, actually. That was really cool. Unless it's Y, and then he's just trying to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is which was very strange, and I'm very glad that I played X because it doesn't usually happen that the plot is so much better. In one yeah, than the and it's just because X is life. I really wish yeah. the XY Legends were more than just batteries, but oh well. well at least they're cool looking. Legends, Kalos, come on. Okay, okay, riddle me this: What legendary isn't a glorified battery? Zygarde? Uh, arguably, well. Gen Five. Other than that, they are basically like, yeah. what do you do? I battery your new universe. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't mean like even like uh, in a literal sense, they were plugged in to power the weapon. They were a yeah. battery for the weapon. Well, Sol Galio and Lunala were also literal batteries. They just later evolved. True. They're just sources of energy. That's their Pokemon light. They were not a battery plugged into a machine to power it. No, no, that was. Cosmog was put yeah. into a machine to rip Cosmog open holes. Was. Yeah, yeah, okay. In Ultra. Okay, yeah. fair. But I mean, it had more, it it was more than just that. That wasn't the it, first yeah, time you yeah. <laughs> It was just... Yeah. Pokemon are plot coupons, and let's stop pretending yeah. otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so Arceus has, has this really interesting final villain. It also has, like, a different feel from other Pokemon games, because... And it's very, like, smart that it does, because it's representative of a different and harsher time. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. the whole plot when you get thrown out of a village because people suspect you because the sky is on fire and stuff like that. I really liked how in Legends there wasn't really a up until this point Tavala, which I, again, haven't seen. Up until now, there is not a villain. You are just trying to, you are against nature, but not antagonistic to nature. That's what is really cool, in my opinion. It's a survival game in the the truest sense. Which makes it, in a sense, gray. In a way, yeah, I guess okay. we've we've we have found it. If you define gray as in the neutral part of the alignment in Dungeons and Dragons, yes, I, I think yeah. that ninety eight percent of Arceus is is a gray game. We've found it, guys. Ta da! <laughs> <pa-pa-ra. laughs> yep, uh, our job is done. I think we can close Clemson. this topic here. We have unless done you it. guys have something really interesting to say. No. And apparently you don't. I never have anything interesting to say. Let's be real. Uh, 
Come on. We're just going to move on to our Pokemon of the episode. Poke of the episode. And welcome to the Pokemon of the episode, which today is Pokedex number 350. Milotic, the tender Pokemon. It's Pokemon Diamond entry reads, When people bicker, it is said to rise from the depths of lakes to be calm, violent hearts. Ooh, pretty. Why not just calm? Why the becalm? I don't know. It must be a very old lake. Must be a very old lake or a very pretentious (laughs) researcher. I love the relationship between Milotic and Gyarados. That's such a cool, like, complete inverse, but also kind of the same relationship. Yeah. It's like this absolute, like, useless thing of a Pokemon can get very, very angry. Or it could be like, oh, yeah, I had a glow up. Look at me. (laughs) And Milotic (laughs) and Gyarados have the exact same stats, just in different places. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of those stats, I'm going to list them off. Yeah. So it's a very solid defensive Pokemon, which actually works relatively well as a special attacker in certain circumstances. Like, pretty a good tank, I would say. Yeah. It has a base HP of 95, base attack of 60, but it doesn't need it, a base defense of 79, a special attack of 100, a special defense of 125, and a speed of 81. And you might say, hmm, that defense isn't that great. Well... The ability that Milotic has, Marvel Scale, means that you can, like, buster up that defense with a status. So this thing becomes almost unkillable, and I I just love it. I love it. I love its plot in the manga. It's (laughs) possibly my favorite bit of the manga, is the Milotic plot. Uh, yeah. we should note that while some Milotic have Marvel Scale, the one on this team does not. Yeah. Oh, well, the other ability is also great. So, yeah, let's talk about the team. It's a BDSPOU team, and let's start from the beautiful star of the team. Milotic, holding leftovers with the ability competitive, because we hate Intimidate. It has max HP... Max special defense, four speed with a calm nature, and it's running Scold, Ice Beam, Recover, and Mirror Coat, which is a rather interesting set in which Milotic is trying to burn things with Scold, uh, possibly take care of a few Gliscor with that Ice Beam, stay alive with Recover, and take things by surprise with a very sneaky Mirror Coat. It's also great defog deterrent, too, because of the competitive. Mm-hmm. True, true. Oh, man, I haven't played the Yui in so long, I forgot defog was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> How sad. Yeah, that's the primary <laughs> reason. It wants to come in on things that like to defog. Like, I'm reading some of the notes that we have, and, like, Scizor likes to defog a lot. Uh, Gliscor and, Lada, and the Lodi twins. Mm-mm-mm. So you get a boost from that just for existing. Yeah. And if you get, catch the Latai twins defogging, then you just kill them with Ice Beam. Precisely. And because you're a big yep. specialty tank thing, they're not going to be able yep. to kill you back. And a special tank goes along very well with a 
physically defensive mon, and ours is the adorable Clefable. She's also holding leftovers. It has the ability unaware, because the Caesar is going to try to sort this, and Clefable is going to say, nah <laughs> It has a bold nature, max HP, max defense, four special attack. It's running Moonblast, Flamethrower, because she really hates that Caesar. Wish and aromatherapy to do a little bit of clericking on the rest of the team. Yep. As a reminder, a you can't run soft boiled on Clefable and BDSP. So, woo. Yep. <laughs> You're stuck with Wish. Yep. But As I think she'll be, be fine. Yeah. Alrighty. And with that, let's move to. Uh... Well, we, yeah, speaking of regrettable things for Seth, let's talk about two Pokemon that are warm colored. Um, we have Caesar uh, with a mm-hmm. life orb. The ability is Technician with 252 attack and 252 speed. Adamant Nature with Bullet Punch, Quick Attack, Swords Dance, Brick Break, and Holding a Life Orb. Uh, brick Break is for breaking bricks. Also, it's for, <laughs> you know, blissies. Bullet Punch is your go-to uh, Steel-type priority, and Quick Attack is for anything that, you know, resists... Uh, Rotom and Starmie specifically, because water types are fairly common. Uh, this thing yep. clicks Sword Stance, and then priority. It's not. It's not and the it most common. It goes brr. Yeah. It it, it, yeah. It's pretty much meant to clean up at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got our good friend Heatran, uh, with Flame Body as its ability, with two fifty-two HP. 252 special attack and 4 special defense with a modest nature. Notably, you might want to switch that to flash fire once we get home support. Oh yeah, that's why. I forgot. Ooh. Uh, currently with 0, it's got a 0 attack IV of course. Uh, Magma Storm, Protect, Flash, Cannon, and Taunt. So it's a trapping set here with Magma Storm. Uh, you can switch Flash Cannon out for Earth Power to handle their Heatran, but Flash Cannon lets it go with uh, against the Lattes more often, and Togekiss and Clef are also big things. So this just comes in, it traps something with Magma Storm, it can then taunt and then Flash Cannon to kill things. And that's uh, that's the warm color core, as we'll call them. And <laughs> then we'll hop up to the cool color core, sort of. So (laughs) starting off, we've got Rotom Wash, which is primarily blue, so it's okay for me. It's holding a Choice Scarf. Ability is, of course, Levitate, and EVs are as follows. 252 Special Attack for Special Defense and 252 Speed with a Timid Nature. Just simple, max, max. IVs, of course, zero attack. And the moveset is Volt Switch, Hydro Pump, Will-O-Wisp, and Trick. Pretty good standard Scarf Rotom to hinder the mm-hmm. team a bit with burns every now and again, get out fast, hit hard, quick, trick something that wants to come in like a blissey and take away its item. So, yeah, pretty good Rotom. Pretty standard. Lovely. Next up, we've got one of my favorites, as is Rotom, but whatever. Glyscore, holding mm-hmm. a toxic orb ability as poison heal and EVs are 252 HP, which is odd, 4 attack, and 252 special defense with a sassy nature. Max special defense Glyscore here. And moveset is Stealth Rock, U-Turn, Defog, and Roost. It is a essentially non-attacking Glyscore meant to rock up, control hazards completely, and U-Turn out to what you actually want to be using. 
Another option you can do is tinker with the EVs a little bit to make it a poison heal number. Drop it to 244 instead of 252. That's more optimal for poison heal. Yeah. So, yep, that's the only recommendation for good old Gliscor, and I only know that because I'm Loki obsessed, and he's purple. So, haha, cool color. <laughs> Seth, what's your favorite Pokemon? Sableye, purple. I was gonna. I, th- I was expecting you to say poison heal, as was oh, our. Yeah, poison heal. <laughs> That's the other one. Yeah, poison heal is in fact my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Well, uh, this team is uh, possibly, maybe going to be distributed if Thatch gets his internet fixed in time. <laughs> no promises. I was like, Sorry. why are you hedging? And then you finished the sentence and went, ah. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hopefully things work out before the end of the week. But uh, I will not promise you 100% anything because I'm not the one doing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't her. <laughs> it's Thatch's dog ate his homework. <laughs> yep. But with that profound lack of commitment... Thatch's dog did, in fact, literally eat his homework. But with that uh, sparkling lack of commitment, I think it is time for us to move on to our last and beautiful segment, our mailbag. It's mail time! It's time for the mailbag! Send in your emails! And welcome to the mailbag. The mailbag is the segment of the show where you can send in your email at pocklepodcast at gmail.com and we will probably, but not guaranteed, read it if we don't have too many emails. We might not read it if your email is just one giant wall of text without punctuation or paragraphs or anything like that because we just get a headache. But, um... As always, this segment is gloriously brought to us by our very fictional sponsor, Green Taurus, the energy drink that gives you hooves. Hooves. Cow feet. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Our first email this week, uh, obviously the question was, what did you think of the Pokemon Direct? (laughs) But um, this first one is from our friend, Bam! And Bam writes, hey, Pokepeeps, Bam here, because where you find new Pokemon, you will find me speculating. I wanted to talk about a theory that I had from watching the new trailer that I have not heard anyone else talk about. Before I start with my theory, I want to say that Fuecoco is the pepper of my dreams and will likely be the first time that I prefer the fire starter. Nice. Yeah. By the way, Team Sprigatito, what about you guys? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I... Base nothing off of the babies anymore, but Sprigatito mm. of the three is probably my favorite. Yeah. Fair. Okay. We are three cool cats. Yeah. All right. On to the theory. There have been a couple people that have mentioned that time might be important to these games. Yes, Whimsicott was one of them, very oh, yeah. enthusiastically. Due to the opening of the trailer showing the clock going wild. I also believe that time is important in these games, but for a different reason. If you look at the logos of the new games, the Scarlet is in a very old-fashioned and fancy font, while the Violet is in a very clean and futuristic font. Yes! I noticed that too! Yes! Now, I don't think this means that there will be time travel in the game. 
but instead that the conflict of the game will be that one group of people want to slow innovation and maintain their traditions, no. while the other group wants to push innovation and sprint into the future. I think this will be very symbolic of how Game Freak is making the game with a mixture of keeping the traditional formula of Pokémon, but also with the innovations that have started with Legends. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Bam! Ooh. Bam, this is a very reasonable theory. I just hope you're wrong. Move. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also hope we get time travel. And also, like, it's not just that they're, you know, old-timey and futuristic. It's also that, like, Scarlet and Violet are, are like, the first and the last color in the visible spectrum of light. Oh. And redshift, blue shift, moving away, moving forward. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. yes. I'm going to name my starter James Webb. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to name mine Hubble brilliant. and then put him in the box and then pull him out after a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, I, I really hope we get some kind of, like future slash time travel slash space related stuff because that's always my favorite in any sort of media i but yeah what what bam says is like super realistic and super interesting too so so super mm -hmm. crack theory here we don't i don't want to mm -hmm. debate the merits of this this is just me you know spitballing they didn't confirm a region they have the the two trainers look uh the, the two sets of trainers are depending on your version like mm -hmm. they have different starting outfits among other things. What if it's not one region? It's like a it's like one is in the equivalent of Hisui and one's in the equivalent of Sinnoh. Oh my gosh. No. They're not going to do it, but like it'd be fun. That would be weird. Anyway. I mean, there well, there was like a literal real world map of Spain on the wall. There was. China. You could see like the left half so. of it. Yeah. But also Portugal. It was in the player's room, right? That's where you could see it? No, 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 no. So in the player's room, you see the map of the region. The region. Okay, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. shaped like the Iberian Peninsula. When the security guard enters the office oh, on yeah. the board, there's like a real world map of Spain. God, I can hear yeah. the game explain theory uh, theme playing uh, in my in my head right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's funny. All right. Okay. I, I'll, I'll take the next email here. We've got it okay. from DJ Moonbeam. He writes, Hey, yo, Puckle crew. First time sending in a question response. Hope y'all are doing well. I guess you can call me DJ Moonbeam. Been listening to the podcast since I started working at Rainforest Delivery Company last year to pass the time. Don't work there anymore, but I still listen whenever I play games at night for ambiance. Getting to the oh. topic when the direct ha the direct happened. And honestly, I'm really excited for Gen 9. I don't want to repeat what's already been said, and I felt like I haven't, but I haven't felt this level of excitement in a long time. Not saying it didn't feel anything towards the past few games, Switch was okay, the DLC helped it a lot, and Legends Arceus was a great step in a new direction. We're not even going to talk about BDSP. <laughs> but seeing how polished the game world looks so far, and what definitely seems to be the Legends engine, and seeing a Spanish country get some love along with the starters, Fue Coco is my boy, understandable. Uh, but seeing and a bot being revamp of the Pokemon title theme playing, it hit me right in the childhood. If this game plays anything like Legends or adds to it, which I feel it absolutely will, Pokemon just got its third wind. I've said this before, TPCI and Game Freak mm. usually feed nostalgia with nostalgia, but that's gotten old. I don't need an 18th new iteration of Charizard, but the feeling of playing Pokemon back in something like Gen 3 Heart Gold Soul Silver, where I can feel immersed with childlike wonderment, that's everything I need. 
And Gen 9 really reignites that for me with its potential, with the potential it's shown like a minute or two of footage. I've got to say, I don't want to waste y'all's time. So in essence, if Gen 9 is promising a truly open world game with a fresh new way to catch and battle Pokemon, the Soft Reboot 2.0 has my support. Hope to hear about all y'all's thoughts about this and how it makes y'all feel. Hope all of you have a great week. Until next time, DJ Moonbeam. Okay, so I think I have to be the annoying person who disappoints people here. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to do it if you weren't. But Okay, thank you. The website specifically and explicitly states that in this game, you will have to battle Pokemon in order to catch them. Yep. We are not Aww. continuing the Arceus, Legends Arceus thing. This is Bummer. going back to traditional mechanics. Honestly, if it gets us the, the the better battle system, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Yeah, same. Nabbit. Because, yeah, so the catch mechanics in Arceus were a ton of fun, but I think they only work for a game that is based on catching. Yep. Because if you are able to catch all of those Pokemon that way in a traditional Pokemon game... You incur even more in the same problem that I think someone else was mentioning in the mailbag a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure. Uh, might be someone that w- someone was saying something that someone was saying in a. It might have just been something that I've been saying. No, it might have been something in a YouTube video I was watching. But this person was saying that the last few Pokemon games they haven't at all felt connected to the Pokemon on their team. Fair. Because it seems like the game wants them to have a giant rotating roster of Pokemon. I think you said that a couple times, Lenny, and separate from any show. So, yeah. No, I don't... Actually, I haven't been that. But I I thought you were going to say that, and this is one of my biggest complaints with Arceus, is the mechanics that you normally do and then the mechanics that are your chests and challenges are fairly divorced. Most of the... Unless you're doing Mm. specifically the Lord fights... Everything you're doing to, like, check your progress is battling, which is one thing, if you're playing the game as it's intended, you're doing very little of. Yes. Yeah. True. True. So, uh... That's a very valid point. So, I think think that if you're going to have a game that's much more battle-focused for, like, the narrative, like gyms or an equivalent kind of thing, you really do need the normal battle style. But this still looks like you've got the open-world exploration and Pokemon encountering, which I think were the more important parts of Legends Arceus to me. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, there's also the thing that it's very frustrating in Legends Arceus when you see something you want and it just, like, flies away. Mm -hmm. So if the game worked exactly like Legends Arceus, it would mean that... I'm going to get a bit technical here, but... The way the data works in Legend Arceus is it saved the spawns when you save the game. And I'm not entirely sure that in a game with the usual battle systems and flag system and the complexity of the Pokemon themselves, I don't think you can do that. So if you like, suppose that Gen 9 has shinies that are visible in the overworld like Legends Arceus. If you have them like Legends Arceus, but the saving of the Pokemon in the overworld doesn't work the same way as Legends Arceus. You, yeah. you get what I'm going with this? I think kind of, yeah. Yeah, so it could get a bit um, weird and frustrating if, like, it's... I don't know. I'm not sure that it would work for a traditional Pokemon game. I'll just leave it at that. And there are technical concerns. Well, we'll see. I think we'll know more with the next trailer. The first one was literally... All we know is that it exists. 
and that it's mm-hmm. some degree of open world. It could be open world and like you get a small little, like you start in the center and then different rings, so to speak, of areas unlock as you go. It I... could be true open world. We don't know. We just know that they're saying it's open world, but even that's a sliding scale. I think they could make it open world, but with like geographical things that block you. Like at one point, there's a river that runs through the entire map and you can't traverse it until you unlock like the boat thingy. Yeah, but but that's what I mean by when I say uh, rings was an example, but where it's open, you can go anywhere you want within the areas that you can get to and you unlock traversal tools in a set list. Like that's still open world. Mm-hmm. It's just very much a critical path. Yeah, yeah. You can't see this, That'd but I'm doing cool. a lot of things with my hands. Uh- <laughs> Same, weirdly enough. Well, you're Italian, so. Exactly. <laughs> very much Italian. But yeah, so yeah, that's not going to happen. But um, I, okay, I, I need to say this. I'm not mad about it because it means that we can go back to a main series game where mobility is not much of an issue for people wanting to play it. Yep, lowers that, uh, that, uh, that lowers the accessibility requirement. Exactly. Seth, do you want to take your email? Yeah, sounds good to me. We've got an email from... <clears throat> <clears throat> the last true lover of Reuniclisissa. The last true mm-hmm. uni- lover of Reuniclis? Yes, the last yep. true lover of Reuniclis. Yes, put two, two S's, S's on it, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got High Thatch and fellow co-hosts. Ha! Joke's on you. Ha! We fooled you with our ninja <laughs> We tricked you. <laughs> Thanks for hosting this amazing podcast. I wasn't very active in the Pokemon community or the whole world of Pokemon in general. Then I bought Sword about two months ago and found your podcast at the same time and have been listening ever since. I hate to say it, but I still haven't beaten the Sword because I have a bad habit of 90 presenting TV shows, games, and other things. <laughs> Uh, 90%ing, I guess. I pre-ordered Legends and have been loving the absolute crap out of it. I love the Breath of the Wild aspects of the game. And to wrap up my introduction, I'd like to thank you for making an awesome podcast episode every week. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Now on to the question. What do I think of the Pokemon Presents? Well, I love the starters except for quaxley i'm personally That's a very oh. common sentiment <laughs> <laughs> i think quaxley could evolve into something cool and in a weaker generation i would actually like him a lot but the other two it's were just ridiculous yeah. and or cute so you know no help it's like quaxley is so incredibly nondescript compared to the starters we've been getting so far mm-hmm. so uh, anywho I'm personally mad about how we got another cat starter. I mean, now Litten and can, now Litten can have a weed-loving flammable bit, buddy. No, <laughs> oh there gosh. are never enough cats in the world. Agreed, hundred percent. As an owner of two, yeah. Um, Same. As someone who likes birds, there are definitely too many cats in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gotta have all three. That's what I do, bro. All three. What's the third? <laughs> Me and my friends have been theorizing about what the final evolutions of the starters will be. Huh? All three. I've got two cats and a bird, Linian. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were like cat, bird, uh, and mystery. And question yeah, mark. Yeah, I, I, I thought of that you meant that too. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well. Back to the email. <laughs> crocodile. <laughs> I've got a pet crocodile. <laughs> no. I didn't know you lived in Florida. <laughs> He's close no, enough. He, just he comes can around. steal one. 
That's true. That's true. He's I got a buddy close, who's yeah. a herpetologist. I'll just tell him, have him give me pointers. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Put in your pool. It's fine. <laughs> uh, ba ba Where was I? Me and my friends have been theorizing about what the final evolutions of the starters could be, and I feel like Sprigatito will end up being a monotype bipedal cat person, like in Cinnamore, no. but less buff. But no, this is not what I please, want. No. I want anything but that. I want. We just got Sneasler. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he continues. I want it to evolve into a massive grass poison jungle cat made from vines and thorns. Ooh. Yeah, that would be cool. I want Fuecoco, love that name, to evolve into a giant fire grass apple dinosaur. So basically a cross between Appleton and Tyrantrum. While I love that, they're not going to make the starters another starter type. That's, yeah. that's They're not going to do it. Firefighting says what? I No, like another of the trio. Oh, oh, another starters type. Oh, I understand now. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they unless, just do it for all unless three. Unless they make them all another starter type, which would be crazy. Only two Pokemon ha- can have evolved. Well, nothing gains grass. Only two Pokemon gain grass when they evolve, and they are Eevee and Burmy, two very much exceptions. I don't know. Fuecoco's a chili pepper. But plant is a shape. Fuecoco does look a little bit like a chili pepper. Bug is a shape. <laughs> Bug is the shape, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and finally, Quaxley, I want him to evolve into a water-fighting duck general with his hair turning into more of a hat. Sorry this email has gone on for so long, but one question. What do you think the starters are going to evolve into? And more importantly, what do you want the starters to evolve into? Sincerely, the last true lover of Reuniclus. And I object to that, you, <laughs> yeah, because it's on my <laughs> chart. It's my favorite psychic type, my precious jelly baby. Uh, it's very close to being my favorite psychic type as well. I'm partial to Duosian after some tournament results. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think and what do we want? Okay, so what I expect is bi- big duck person, cat, uh, slender cat person, and uh, weirdly humanoid crocodile man. That's what I expect, what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I want the the weird vibes I'm getting from Quaxley to go full Spanish Inquisition. I want an Inquisitor. No one expects that. No one expects it. <laughs> uh, I I want Sprigatito to end up like um, I I want it to pick up uh some weird type and just be like kind of cool jungle cat thing. I just hope it doesn't get super massive bulky like in the design. Mm. I kind of like the more elegant slender cat that we got mm-hmm. so far and fue coco i don't know what it's gonna be and i just like that i don't i don't want to know i want it to be real weird <laughs> let it be fire <laughs> dragon to finally get one up on the charizard stance yeah. <laughs> okay my my theories my theory i don't really have much on quaxley i have not given him too many brain cells to rub together so that's what i have for there uh, it'll be a duck ta-da um for for fue coco I am very much on the YouTube bandwagon that it will probably become Fire Ghost because Ghost Pepper, Ghost Pepper, and its head, like the coloration, is just a skull. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that'd be cool. I and Linian, you're gonna kick me for this, but it's a popular theory that I like. And the Fire Starters have kind of, sort of, ish been based on the Chinese zodiac animals. Mm-hmm. I expect Fuecoco will become a serpent ghost. Of some sort, like a crocodile, but with Wayne otherworldly feet that is now a serpent. That is my prediction. Okay, I am actually 
quite in agreement with Seth on that one. I hate the ghost theory due to the ghost pepper one because... Yeah, I don't think that part is very strong. That's just what you call it in English. So, yeah. But the skull thing instead is very, very... Like, that one is convincing me. Yeah. And in a similar topic, the grass have always kind of been based on some kind of... Up until, like, I guess Extinct kind of... Extinct animal. Yeah, up yeah. until... Gen 8, sort of, but there might no, be No, Gen 7, apes. the owl thing, no. No, owl, it's an extinct owl. It's a stinct, extinct species of but owl. No, it's only if you allege that it's a very specific owl, and I don't exactly. think it was. Which I do, so it fits this theory. So there, haha. Yeah. Circle peg in square hole. I think it will be a saber-tooth cat. Same. Completely the same there. Yeah, that'd be fine. And I would actually like that, because it, like, the saber-tooth cat is, like, the right mix between like slender and bulky. It can do a samurai and remove its teeth and use them as swords. You're ah, welcome. No. Ah, that is <laughs> Why would you say that? No. Sabertooth. It makes sense. I do you know what though? I imagine it's like a tabaxi with like two open holes where it pulls them out and then like dagger wields them. <laughs> pulls off full toothless mode where it's re- re- removable, no. retractable teeth. God has cursed Uh, us for our hubris. Congratulations. I hope you lose sleep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, apart from the removable teeth, (laughs) my theory for Sprigatito is also that, my theory and my wish, my wish for Fuikoko is for it to be just completely ridiculous, like a small, like medieval snake dragon from one of those weird illustrations of people trying to draw animals they had never seen (laughs) (laughs) yes perfect yes yes and uh, for quaxley honestly uh (gasps) since i'm really hoping we don't get donald duck i think we're just gonna get swana but standing what is that and that's gonna be terrible what is that thing? There was something. I played a trivia game recently. I think it was with you, Linian. I don't remember why, but it said something about like how in ancient medieval times people thought crocodile tears had like crazy mythological properties. I think that was on the date you were on, which raises a lot of questions as to why you assumed I was there. I don't know. It wasn't. The, no, it wasn't that. It was something else. <laughs> and uh, but it was a while ago, too. But like people tried to. No, it was a trophy. It was a trophy, and it the crocodiles just sit and cry on the on the edge for all the people they have to eat, or something like that. It's gonna be a yeah, crying so snake crocodile with no arms that very, are ghost arms. <laughs> that's very interesting because we have a saying in Italian, which is crocodile tears. Yep. I don't know if you have it as well. No, yeah. yeah, that's an English saying which, as well. Okay, that's from ancient medieval thought. So it doesn't mean doesn't mean the same thing. Like someone who's pretending to Fake be sorry, crying. but it yes. actually isn't? Yep. Okay, cool. Cool, yep. cool. And that's all based on European medieval people completely missing the point on what crocodiles are. So, haha, ghost crocodile. It'll have fake tears, please. I really want him to be like a super weird squiggly serpent. With yes. Uh, yes. Like Dragapult, where part of its arms fade into nothing. That would be so cool. Yes. 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 Okay. So um, we need to move on because <laughs> I, I, I think we have a, a winner for the Green Taurus badge. Linian, remove that thing from the Discord chat right now. No. Uh, <laughs> our last email... You guys are very lucky that this is an audio podcast and you can't see that. But our last email is going to be from Olive. And she says, 
Hi, Paco Crew. Olive here. I've been thinking a lot about the Pokemon Presents, particularly the new generation. And I was excited to talk about it in the Discord after it dropped. I like Sprigatito and Fuecoco a lot. Though I'm not a fan of Quaxley, the hair is just bad. I just feel so bad for Quaxley. Yeah, <laughs> I was speculating with friends what their final evolutions could be and what their secondary types might be. Oh, I'd love to see Sprigatito turn into a grass fairy mod. Ah, oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> but my friends and I all reluctantly agree that it'll probably end up being a bipedal Pokemon. It just has that kind of face, I guess. We know exactly what you mean by that kind of face. Yes. I think Fuecoco will evolve to be a fire dragon type, or at least I hope so. Fire rock could be cool too. People in the Discord were thinking it'd lose its limbs and become a snake. Yeah. But I think that's just hopeful thinking regarding the fire type starter plus Chinese zodiac thing. There it is. <laughs> I didn't even read this email ahead of time, I promise. There are some people who just write in emails and they're saying like the exact uh -huh. thing that we were talking about <laughs> in the show like five or 20 minutes before. I love it. I, I refuse to believe... Look, I just refuse to believe that Typhlosion is a mouse. And if it's, oh, but Cyndaquil's a mouse, then why are you looking at one thing's final evolution and one thing's start? I'm just saying... Because it fits nope. the narrative. I'm yeah, forcing it that's in. Fair. Then, you're just, then you're just making things fit and I Precisely. do not approve. I mean... On one hand, that is very fair. On the other, like eighty percent of them fit really, really well. So, yeah, but is. but they've also we can get into this, but that's not how they design <laughs> Pokemon, especially not starters, where they explicitly say they drop like hundreds of them and then find the ones that they think are the most marketable within that era. They would not constrain yeah. it down to this incredibly whittling, and they certainly haven't from the beginning, which this would have had to have been planned since. Absolutely, I agree with you that, like, it probably came to be a thing around Gen 3 or 4, and they haven't happened to stray too far from it, but it's a cool coincidence, at the very least. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm guessing that Quackley is going to be a water-flying type from the beginning. Uh, no, they've said it's not. Yep. Who's, what? Really? No, it's yeah, pure water. it's not. Go on the website, people. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing, I thought. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I understand now. It's not, and someone had an interesting comment about this, is that you could give Rowlet the flying type from the beginning because it doesn't change the type triangle with the other three starters, but if you make Quaxley water flying, it will not be weak to grass. Oh, so, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Uh, that means it I probably it won't some... ever become... Flying. His little baby. His little Un baby cannot fly yet. Unless... Um, I guess they could pull a... Uh, what's grass it called? Rock. Grass rock. Uh, grass electric, or, which I would love. They could pull or or more realistically, they just let it be like an Empoleon situation where it's third stage yeah. gets the typing. Yes. <laughs> Sound type. <laughs> anyway, um, no. The, the, that has actually been debunked for once from the very first trailer. They counted. Yeah, I thought someone would. <laughs> the thing is in in the square, and there's only eighteen of them. Anyway, you talk to an NPC. We're getting it retitled next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Game footage not final. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh gosh. Please no. Uh, anyway, but I hope it has some way to separate itself from other water-flying types like Pelipper and Swana. And Gyarados. I'd love to hear you guys' thought on what you think the new starters will be. Well, you're in luck, we just did that. You already did that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Before I go, I heard some discourse DM from people arguing that TPCI is put in games too frequently. 
most of them worrying about crunch time. What do you guys think of this? Are we getting too many games too fast? I think TPCI having Ilka develop BDSP, that was a lot of acronyms in one sentence, <laughs> was a smart move. And I hope they don't burn out their staff like some other companies in recent memory. Since Gen 9 and Legends seem to run on the same engine, I don't think the crunch would have been that bad, but I don't know. It's always a pleasure listening to you guys, and I hope you have a great week, Olive. Okay, so I can actually speak on this a little bit. TPCI has two teams. Each team rotates, taking through what they're doing. First off, uh, the expansion pass for Sword and Shield took very little design time. It took it took the art team probably the most, and it took some of the coding, but a lot of the raw stuff they were able to basically not worry about for two years with one team because they were able to do one small team doing a patch to uh, BDS to to bleh, to uh, Sword and Shield, and then. Um, they, that bought them a year. Then they did all. Then what they were going to do is release uh, PLA, and uh, another team did uh, the other stuff. They they did BDSP. Ilka did that. So and then they're using. It looks like a combination of all of their other existing stuff. The first time you make a game on a console or when you're doing a major engine upgrade, those are costs you do not have to recoup. You do not start from zero every time. So everything that they do on the Switch will cost them progressively less and less time as they get uh, more and more pre-existing code that, that you don't start from scratch and why would you, right? Yeah, which is why we got, like, let's go, I guess you could say, and then we got Sword and Shield, which partially built on let's go, and then we got only the DLC for Sword and Shield because Snap was by someone else. Mm-hmm. And BDSP was by someone else. And now it looks like we're getting like two games from Game Freak in the same year, but it's because they have been free to work on these games for a long time while Snap and BDSP were published by someone else. Also, based on the end credits, they about tripled their animation staff between Sword and Shield mm -hmm. and Legends Arceus. Yeah. And, and the other thing to note, uh, everyone talks about, oh, the, the Pokemon Legends Arceus engine is so much better than the Sword and Shield one. It's the same engine with more tuning. They yeah. did not rebuild yeah. their engine. No, they did not. So that means they're not going to, if it's on this, they're just using improved engines. So did, was there crunch? Absolutely. It's an industry-wide problem, and it's especially bad in Asia, and Japan is no yes. exception. Is it morally indefensible amounts of crunch as compared to other studios? Maybe, but this wouldn't be how you'd tell. Yeah, and uh, if we can end this discussion on a slightly lighter note, the trailer itself was trying to show you, look, no one is working at night in Game Freak except the security guard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good point. The developers oh. are home sleeping. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Thank you, Whimsicott. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So let's close this up. Green Taurus badge. I think we know who gave us the most to talk about. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it to him. Okay. So, uh, um, okay. And so who would that? DJ Moonbeam. There we go. <laughs> welcome. And you are now the winner of the Green Taurus badge. If you're not already on the Discord, please come to the Discord. Follow the link in the show notes. Join our community and come claim your green Taurus badge. Now, you should all do what I said and come to the Discord and hang out with us and do well, I don't know, so 
battles, phrase, tournaments, chats, discussions, meme posting every Wednesday, unfortunately, and <laughs> whatever else you want to do. We are a nice welcoming community, I like to think, so you will also be very welcome there. If you want some more of our social media, we are on Tumblr, on Instagram, on Facebook, and most importantly, on Twitter. There's usually people streaming on Twitch, where we are the Puckle Podcast, and the streams and some other things end up on YouTube. So you can check those out if you'd like some video content from us. If you want to help us out in some other ways other than listening and talking to us, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. You can join at whichever tier you like, just check out the rewards. And if you don't want to join or can't join, it's fine. Like, honestly, we love for you to just listen to us and maybe interact with us in some way. Let us know what you think. Did I forget something, guys? No. Nope. Very well. Then I guess we can wrap this thing up. I have been the fluffiest whimsy goat. I have been Seth Vilo. And I have been an emergency replacement. Linian. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, where there's no emergency at all, it's finally closing time. Yeah.